Thanks for listening to Cold Lips. I'm the founder and editor, Kirsty Allison. Um, we're a print first magazine, and as such, these conversations are generally conducted for print and they weren't intended for broadcast. So the style is a bit more off the hook when you're speaking without having a big red light pending. So I hope you enjoy that vibe. And they're brilliantly edited by the wonderful Sebastian Bowden. Here, I spoke to Tricky about his new autobiography, which was put together by the brilliant music journalist Andrew Perry. And it's got a real please kill me oral history to it. So Andrew interviews some of Tricky's family members to kind of get a real sense of who Tricky is and where he comes from and it's quite fabulous and it's called Hell is Around the Corner and interestingly kind of to tie in I was speaking with Mark Radcliffe recently about his book Crossroads which charts the myths of selling your soul to the devil and he said interestingly you've got to believe in God to believe in the devil so that's the whole kind of crux of rock and roll which is quite interesting if you're calling your book Hell is Around the Corner so because he's kind of got this really cool redemptive defense mechanism to him that is just not caring about anything and that's maybe because he did lose his mother tragically with epilepsy and suicide when when Tricky was only four years old so He's kind of, he's a, a super, super interesting iconoclast and it's an honour to learn and be infected by people like this. Oh, this area has changed. Oh wow. my God, so much. Don't even recognise some of it, it's just madness. Yeah, have you walked up that way? Yeah, it, it's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I, I used to go to Bagley's room there. It's mad. Uh, in the York Way Court. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't even recognise it. It's weird, like behind here there's some flats that I've, I used to go to flats around the back mm. and they're all tarted up in offices. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And it's expensive here now, right? Yeah, really expensive. I'm suspicious of all this Google and all that stuff, all a bit weird. Yeah, I think rightly so. I've just reviewed a book that's called The AI Doesn't Hate You. But the problem is, if someone just makes one programming error, we die. You know, it's just like one mistake. And the thing is, the people that are going to program it are the same people that are in world power. So we're kind of fucked. Of course, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's all a load of bollocks, isn't it? Yeah. So you're in Berlin now? Yeah, well, I travel all the time because yeah. of touring and stuff, but that's where I kind of stay. Right, yeah. It's a good place. It's like just very slow, very old-fashioned, you know? I, like, I kind of like it. You still see kids going to school by themselves and stuff. I don't think you kids could do that in London now, could they? Did you feel old writing the book? That was what I was wondering. Not really. How people see this book, I don't see it. So... People say it's a mad life and da 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 da. Nah, I just don't understand what all the fuss is about. Mm. You know what I mean? I've been asked to do books for years now. I don't know why I said maybe. And next, you know, I'm meeting the publishers. So I don't see my life as mad. It didn't make me feel old. I just don't really understand it. Really, to be honest with you. Why anybody would be interested, I don't really understand. You know? And all I knew, the only thing I knew if I was going to do a book, it wasn't going to be about, oh, I get a record deal and then I travel around the world and meet famous people, you know? Because I, I don't understand why musicians do books, because musicians uh, aren't that really that interesting, to be honest with you. Do you not? Th I think they 
you know, I think that yeah. I think they still are as figureheads, the people that are living these very normal lives around us. I think it's changing. But I still think people need need figureheads and they buy into that. I don't know if people need figureheads because then you've got the separation thing. Like, artists are different. I'm no different to any kid in the Northwest. Mm. So, being a figurehead kind of puts that separation. Mm. Do you know what I mean? The reasons I was into the specials is because, ah, that's something I can do. They're just like me. Yeah. So, I don't know about figurehead. Mm. What do you think of all the gigs and stuff? Do you know? I think grime is wicked. It's yeah. good. It's like, um, it's like English people were known for creating new music. Mm. And um, grime is new music, mm. you know? So I think it shows how English people can take from different influences and create something else. Mm. So I think it's really good. Mm. And I think it's really good that a lot of these young people, they could do it without record labels. Mm. They've got their foot in the door and they're successful by themselves mm. and they're calling their own shots. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, well, a lot of them, I don't know if some of them are on majors. I don't know much yeah, about some that. Of them are signed, though, but yeah. um, the ones who are like, they're running their own careers. Mm. You know, so I think it's uh, great. But I don't know much about it. I know I've heard gig stuff. I'd say he's one of the best. Mm. So Mark Stewart. Yeah. I've been, I just read that um, biog on Massive Attack by Melissa Sherman. Someone sent me a thing of that book and I just thought, what a load of bollocks. Why the fuck would you want to write anything about Bristol? But do you think it's important that, say with yours, you've got a real sort of yardie, you've got a real kind of sense of social culture in your book? You I know, don't I, know. I really feel like in yours, See, it's just See, it's just my life. Yeah. So I don't know if there's so, I haven't looked at it kind of like that. Mm. You know, it's just like how my family, my upbringing. Yeah, it's important it's published then. You know, really, because it is a first person voice. Yeah, it? every city in England has a music scene. Yeah. Bristol is no import, more important than Manchester. And then also, Bristol was very boring. Mm. Not this mystical thing everybody's going on about. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, there's much more interesting things about Bristol than what I did or anybody else did there, culturally. Mm. It's where the slave ships were yeah. built. Yeah, yeah. all, you know? Mm. And she's, this French girl's writing a book about what? Fucking Mark Stewart in fucking Massive Attack. It's like. Do you think people should just not bother reading into it and just listen to the music then? Is that what you're saying? Or like? It's mostly propaganda. It's what people write. Trip hop, for instance. Mm. There ain't such a thing as fucking trip hop. Mm. Um, Porter Z sound like Massive Attack because they're influenced by Massive Attack. I don't sound like no one. There was no big scene. Everybody knew each other because it's such a tiny place. I've never recorded an album in Bristol. My first album was recording in Harsden. Max and Quay was recording at Harsden. I was living there for years. That's when my first album was recorded. So I should be called uh, Harsden Sound. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of these people ain't got the information. It's like Tricky, yeah, his album, Bristol, it's like... Do you think you got damaged by getting called Trip Hop then? Do you think that was negative? No, I just think, not negative, but it's just stupid. I've done 12 albums, not one of them sound like each other. Sure, yeah, that's so totally true. So how can I be Trip Hop if nothing yeah. sounds like... And people started using the word Trip Hop after my album come out, right? And it's like, 
so, and I know a lot of people followed my sound. So if we're going to call it anything, we call it trick hop, tricky hop, or it's whatever. But it's just bollocks. It's just an absolute. It's, it's just like um, trip hop is for the hipsters. Is that? Yeah. It's what hipsters would call it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I listen to trip hop. I suppose people need a name in it when in they're the buying way something. That they need figureheads. I think you know it's like in the same in the same sentence. You know they kind of need to. Be I don't know about figureheads. Mm. I don't know about the name figureheads. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I think people you can relate to, people yeah. need people who are successful, mm. who you can relate to. Mm. Like, so I wouldn't say figureheads, but specials made me realise I could do that. Yeah. I, I could be what they call successful. So I wouldn't say figureheads, but we need people like the specials. When I listen to their lyrics, it's like, oh, this is my life. Mm. If someone can relate to me, I can relate to them. Yeah. And they're on TV. So it made me realise, oh, I could be on TV if I wanted to. Do you want to eat some of your food? No, it's disgusting. Oh. <laughs> I'm wanting English sausages, right? It tastes like German sausages. Yeah, I fucking awesome. live in Berlin. How long are you here for? You're here for a little while. I go um, today. Okay. But the shake is good. Good. What's like an average day for you then? Nothing. nothing. Absolutely yeah. no, I do nothing. Unless I'm working, I sit and have coffee, go training cook food and then go to bed about 11 o'clock mm. absolutely nothing i've been out three times since i've been in berlin three years but i do i do nothing yeah. i just rather sit outside and watch people and mm. i sit outside cafes most of the day train go for walks but literally nothing yeah literally yeah i read yeah but only true crime i can't read um fiction mm. if it didn't happen i'm not interested mm. like what recently um, what's the last book I read? Uh, oh, about this uh, Aussie guy, um, uh, Mick Flannery, Mr. Rentakill. He was a hitman in Australia. So I was just reading about him. Interesting character. And then when you're writing, do you, like, what do you do? Do you just suddenly decide, right, I've got to do an album, I've got to write, or are you writing all the time as well? All depends. Sometimes yeah. I don't write for ages, and then yeah. sometimes I want to write. It's almost like music's my hobby. I work when I want to work. Yeah. And because I'm not a money, I'm not a money head, so I'm not trying to be wealthy and stuff. It's like the most I worked was like about a year and a half ago. For like two years, I had to work to pay off debts. So I was doing every show what was offered to me. Banging albums out, but that was only because I needed the money. But otherwise, I could not work for six months, seven months, and not give a fuck. And I've got a studio in my house, so if I want to record, I can record. But sometimes, six months, five months, I don't do anything to do with music. It's important to have fallow periods anyway. I think it's good to have like time when you're not necessarily kind of pushing it quite so hard. I think that whole industrious thing is not necessarily... Yeah, like and people also it. thinking too much about it. Like, yeah. taking two years to make an album is fucking ridiculous. Mm. It's like, albums are like fish and chip paper, do you know what I mean? It's like, you put it out and then it's gone, it's over. So I don't know why people get so obsessed. Like, you know, I've put out stuff, what I've liked at the time, and now I consider shit. And that's just life. So I never get too obsessed about it, you know? Like, what stuff do you hate the most that you've done? Um, someone sent me a, a, a thing months ago, about six months ago, but this guy who's a singer, a really good singer, Ezekiel, 
Right. Uh, he sings with Massive Attack. Mm. And uh, he sent me um, a picture of Carriage for Two or the thing. Like, he'd been listening to it. And I think he put some fire signs there or, like... So, obviously, he liked it. And um, I haven't heard that for fucking years, like, since I did it. I got to about three seconds, I couldn't listen to it. I'm like, I just cannot work out why he would like that. And to me, it just sounds like someone who's not hinged, who's, who's, uh, has mental health problems. Just don't make no sense to me at all. But, I mean, with your character, you know, you play with characters in your performance, don't you, a bit? You know, you're playing, like, quite a like a dirty man in some sense or something. It feels like you're kind of being quite, kind of dark and sort of pulling on that as a, re as a reflex to the female, you know. I'm a street kid. Mm. I'm not a rapper, but I can write very good street lyrics. Like yeah. Very, but yeah. I just don't do it. Mm. But like, I can write like very good street, street mm. lyrics. <laughs> so I've got that in me. Yeah. And um, sometimes, like on that last album, it's like, you can hear that yeah. in me. So, I don't know if I was playing on it, but that's what I chose to do at the time. But I think sometimes, it, you know, and then your voice over the top of it, it's sometimes when you write something in one style, and then you perform it, you know, but it automatically becomes yours and takes so on a different, um, different sound anyway, doesn't it? I suppose that's a street kid in me. Yeah. You know, the Norwester in me. Mm. Norwesters are very um, particular people. Mm. They're like, a guy told me one, a black guy who is with my cousin. Mm. He grew up in a black ghetto. And then when he found out where I was from, he said, he goes, Norwesters are different. I said, I said, and he's talking about white Norwesters. Because mm. he's been in prisons all over England. And he goes, Norwesters, when they're in prison, they never change. They're always a Norwester if they're in... Manchester prison, Liverpool prison, and he noticed that they never changed. Mm, so I think, quite a strong yeah, personality, yeah. Yeah, 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 they're characters. Yeah, I didn't know that you'd been in prison. And Only for a very I short know, time. I just like your resolution that you knew that that wasn't your thing. Yeah, I knew it wasn't me, like yeah. for things like um, when you first get in your holding cell, you get fed. Mm. And I'm just looking at this food, and a guy next to me goes, you're gonna eat that? I don't know. And he ate it like it was fucking, my favorite food and then i said to him how long you got and he goes two he said two years like it was two minutes and i just realized that that ain't me there was this old man in there and we're in the audience cell and he was picking up dog ends yeah. off the floor yeah. and making roll-ups he was in for murder mm. he caught his wife with someone and he killed the dude but this guy wasn't a killer. Oh, I mean, I've seen that in court when I've been yeah, to journalism. So, yeah. so it's, it's like, like... You see these women who've just suddenly stabbed their husband because their husband's been so abusive, you know? It's, so it's, like it's I found thing. it kind of sad. Yeah. I just felt really sorry for him. Mm -hmm. And I just thought he shouldn't be here. Yeah. So I just knew I wasn't about that. And obviously you can adjust, mm. but I wasn't willing to adjust. You were lucky to have the specials and have the music. How did it happen with Massive Attack initially? I'm sorry this is old, but how old were you when you were hanging out then? I was about 15 and I was doing stuff like on the mic in little places and stuff. One day I walked into a cafe and it said Wild Bunch and it had everybody's name and my name was on there. So my mate was kind of like, I guess you're in the Wild Bunch then. And it was just kind of like that. I'm quite lucky. I never tried at all. Yeah. Never. Do you know how bands have it difficult? They're doing shows all over the place yeah. and trying to get a record deal and I never had none of that. It's like... 
I was doing lyrics just on turntables with people and then one day I was in Wild Bunch and next thing I was in Massive Attack and then I kind of got away from that and next thing I know I was in Island Records so I never even tried it was just all happened yeah it was a good era that as well yeah. I think to sort of fly through I think it's a lot harder now so these kids have to do it themselves yeah they have to do it themselves stuff, yeah you know? and major labels have changed as well so yeah. Yeah. it wasn't all about just making money you know you'd have the artists who made money and then yeah. you had the credible artist yeah so it's like yeah. you two were making all the money for Ireland so I it's almost like bands like that could make me do what I want to do and not sell yeah, totally. records yeah. I don't think it's much like that now I think um, it's about hit records now isn't it and what situation are you in now with a label I'm on my own label so I put my own money in release my own music and um, all I got to do is make my money back not lose money so I don't have to have a hit record I don't have to chart I could do anything I want I choose my own singles just because it's songs I like not because they're gonna get on radio because it's only certain radios are gonna play me so I got no pressure so I like invest my own money into my own stuff and do you make vinyl and do uh, yeah we do vinyl CDs yeah. limited edition and stuff mm. yeah and um, do you sign other people do you work with other people on that yeah I've well? just put a compilation album out with 16 different artists uh, one from New York one from Bristol one from London one from Canada one from Russia but I've just signed them on the single basis right. now yeah. so 16 different artists from all over the world all different kinds of music and I got lucky with I got the idols on there I did a remix yeah. for the idols and I said can I use it for the compilation album and then we got Saul Williams so two kind of big names but all the rest are unsigned not really known no one really knows them which I feel is important to put out artists that people don't know yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, uh, I've yeah. seen so many people come and go yeah, and uh they get the big egos and they think mm. they're the shit. I see it at festivals. Like, these people swanning around like they're the shit. And it's like, you ain't gonna be here in a couple of years. Yeah. One of them's now working with like Lana Del Rey. I don't get the Lana Del Rey thing so much. No, I don't either. Sounds like Chris Rhea to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm, it's like, she's like this cult, like, cult thing. People love her. Yeah, yeah I know No do, disrespect yeah. to her yeah, at yeah. all. Yeah. But I don't really no, get No, I don't either. Yeah, it's kind of beautiful and pretty, but that's it. I don't kind of think it goes to another level. Yeah, I don't get how she's a, a court figure. Yeah. Maybe she relates to women or something. I don't know what is going on. I think it's kind of playing into this kind of retro beauty. I think that's a lot of it. It's like kind of, she's like a, a symbol of sex in an old fashioned way. And it's kind of like repackaged, I think. Yeah, I've heard slight thing in the car like in a taxi because yeah. that's the only time I hear the radio and I've not really I've seen a picture but I don't really know what she looks like or if she was sat here now I wouldn't know who she was how do you listen to music then how do you find out about music I listen to mostly old music and then I find music by accident mm. but I don't search for it if I'm supposed to hear it I'm supposed yeah. to hear it like for instance gigs mm. many many years ago I was talking to this uh, guy I know and uh He's a street guy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Usler. Yeah. And I was talking about English rap, and he goes, oh, check out gigs. Oh, really? And I said, why? He goes, because it's real. 
what he's talking yeah. about is he goes it's the most realistic thing mm. that's how I first heard about gigs mm. it's different now because um young rappers now they are real fucking gangbangers it used to be rappers with the image of gangsters yeah now you've got real gangbangers yeah, yeah, totally. so it's different yeah all these kids got is their um reputation so yeah. some people might not understand it but if you're coming from an impoverished area yeah. and you got fuck all you got you really get no respect from society mm. you get respect from people around you yeah. so I, it makes sense to me i'm sure, not saying yeah. it's right yeah, but yeah. for instance i was here this is about 15 years ago right and i had a lot of money mm. and uh, i can't remember the area but i walked into a rolex store and it was funny enough the girl in there was black, mm. light-skinned chick. I had a 25 grand Rolex antique watch on, mm-hmm. right? And she followed me around and made it clear I wasn't welcoming her. What am I doing in there? Mm. It was summer, I had a t-shirt on, tattoos. And like, at the time I could have bought and sold her a hundred times. Do you know what I mean? I could have uh, given her a job and paid her more than she's earning now. So, that's that, that puts stuff like that puts a chip on your shoulder mm. when I was getting on British Airways once I was at a first class ticket and the woman said to me you're going the wrong way and I'm like what yeah. do you mean so mm. these kids the only thing they got mm. the only respect they get is mm. from people around them so it kind of makes sense in a way you know mm. England's racist as mm. fuck England is more racist than Berlin, right? Like it's racist. It's worse than when I was younger, yeah. Yeah. Do you think? yeah. yeah. And it's um, so you got the racism and the class system as well. Yeah, the class it's system like here. It's I mean, having the Queen is just a, a problem to begin with. I think. Yeah, it's and do you know how many times I've been into hotels looking like this, mm-hmm. and receptionists are rude and that, and I'm like, I've got more money than you. You, yeah. you'll never see the money I've spent. Let yeah. alone the money I've yeah, got, yeah. right? That's that's that, that's England for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it, it, it's like England. And you know what's funny is, I'm the sort of person because I come from uh, uh, Northwest. I'll tip more than anybody else. Mm. So I leave a 20, 30 quid tip, <laughs> right? And so I like one time I was in a hotel not far from here, and the Polish reception girl, Polish, mm. was so rude to me. Yeah. And it was like I had to um, tell, uh, get someone to book another hotel for me, and just I just left. And it's like she's from Poland, and this hotel was a shit hotel. She obviously ain't got money, and she's working fucking graveyard shift. You ain't got money, so how are you gonna? And and that's um, I'm sure she went like that in Poland, you know. And coming to England, you know. It's like, uh, you know, even here, I've, I've just sat here, I see people looking at me like, what am I doing here? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, England's very racist and very class system. So, obviously, the violence ain't good and stuff like that, but it's a, it's a way of them, them getting their yeah, respect. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, I don't agree with it at all. No. Like, I don't agree with it, but I can totally understand it. Yeah. 
And then there's all this stuff about whether the record labels kind of encourage that too. So that oh, the industry love it. Yeah. They love it. And the newspapers love it. I know a guy, a young black guy. He's not from a ghetto area, big IT guy, not big, famous, mm. but he's an IT guy, travels all around the world. Yeah. He, he gets flown, he, he was in Alaska four months ago. Mm. He's only 34. You never see someone like him on the front of a paper. No. It's young yeah. black guys who are stabbing someone. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's like, I grew up in a white ghetto. Yeah. I know some yeah. white, white yeah. gangsters. I got stopped here actually, right, mm. years ago on the train yeah. the what's it called style, yeah. Yeah. yeah and this this white uh plain clothes copper like big dude bald head older man pulled me mm. so i got into an argument with him he took me into a room and i said why are you stopping me he goes why well, you look dodgy with the tattoos and i said mate i've met more gangsters who look like you mm. but i've met organized crime you yeah. look like a gangster yeah do you know what i mean and he's saying i look dodgy mm. like so I come from an area with like white boys ain't easy. So it's kind of it's just an easy route to get a young black guy and put him on the front gangs. Mm. Listen, there were white gangs there before fucking black gangs. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's just this uh, racist attitude and. I just think it's been totally stoked at the moment with all the Steve Bannon, Aaron Banks, kind of all the propaganda. They're the guys that that bankroll all the Cambridge Analytica yeah. false information that people see on Facebook. So they kind of find these vulnerable people who are swing voters, and then they'll find out how to message them, and they'll get sort of certain false news that kind of will impact the way that they vote. You know, and, it, and it's in their interest at the moment to encourage racism um, you know that's how they won the Brexit campaign there's evidence that you know the Guardian have done a lot of research on this that they've there's a, like there's a proper money trail that goes from from Trump's people so that they get the business with us and it's totally legal. I don't know how totally broken the electoral commission I don't know how people still believe in politics see I was brought up by my grandmother and then I was lucky enough to see my great-grandmother she lived around the corner from us and uh, my great-granddad was all, so I grew up in a, always them in us and he always used to say wars are about fucking money about people making money and stuff like this yeah, are, so yeah. Yeah. you know it's like people think voting is gonna make any difference yeah. oh, come on it's like mm. There's one party, that's all it is. Mm. Politicians are not here to change things, they're here to keep the status quo. Mm. The Queen's security is 30 million a year or something like that. And then, and then you've got half the population who has to live in um, council houses. Yeah. It's, it's bollocks, it's all bollocks. It's like, you know, it's like, voting is not gonna change anything. It's not gonna change anything. It's, I don't know how people still believe in stuff in it. It's, it's, always, it's, it's like divide and rule and it's always yeah. worked and yeah. it's always people always do it divide and rule yeah mm. totally yeah and it's interesting seeing these young people too just kind of totally turn off from news you know news means nothing to them because they live in an era with Trump who's just lying all the time 
because it means that there's no need for them to kind of get involved. I don't know if it's possible to live disconnected from that. I'd like to be, you know. I, I, I don't I'd read like newspapers. To, yeah. I don't watch news. Yeah. I don't watch television. Mm. So I don't, I, I, I don't know nothing. Yeah. Like someone told me the other day, Boris Johnson is prime minister. I didn't have a deal, ideal. And I don't know who was prime minister. I've never voted in my life once because mm. I know it's a scam. Mm. I've known since I was a kid it's a scam. Yeah. I've never voted. Yeah. Rich are going to stay rich. And yeah. like, it's like um, one thing I think young people should understand is like when you're doing street stuff, you're not a rebel. You're not. It's not as gangster as you think it is. You are playing right into the hands of these people. Judges have to make a living. Court system. Um, when a house gets burgled, right, you get the fire brigade there, the police. All these people are making money off of you. You are part. You're helping these people. So you ain't a rebel. They want you to go and do stuff, you know, so they can lock you up for 15 years. And it's like, when the, when the prisons start getting privatised here oh, as well, right? Oh. So You must have seen that in America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like our, um, a phone call in American prison is just uh, ridiculous. So they're making a lot of money, right? When I was younger, we used to do our stuff, little things like selling weed and, or whatever and robbing. And you think you're rebellious. You're not. The system needs people like you. That's the only thing I would say to young people is like, this is what they want you to do. Yeah. This is what they want. They want you to be out on that street trying to get that money. Mm. It's big business. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah. business. Yeah. Like, are you paying these lawyers? I just read a book about it. A brilliant book on semiotics called Carceral Capitalism. And it's basically, you know, these towns which have got half the people in the prison and half the people working in it. Yeah, and these uncles, granddads. Yeah. And it's, it's the system. They, they need to keep people down where they have to commit crime because how are you going to pay for judges and policemen? I, you need people like me where I come from. That's only one thing I would say to a young person is you're playing into their hands. You're, yeah. You are propping this whole system up. Do you like, so kids now, do you kind of, do you get a lot of young fans now? Yeah. yeah. Bands who stop getting young people mm. is bands who have stopped trying to experiment. Yeah. Now I'm lucky, I don't have the pressure after getting to the chart. I'm doing new music every time I do an album, there's something new. So I get young people finding it. Sure, yeah. yeah. Excellent. What are you going to do next? Like, um, I'm doing a bit of recording. I've got a tour, I've got to promote this book, man. Yeah. So I promote this book, and that's about it. No real plans about, apart from that, really. Mm. Maybe a few shows. Mm. I think I might have a show in London. Oh, cool, I'll come to that in October, but I'm not quite sure. So a few shows, mm. bit of recording. Um, I've got to promote this compilation album mm. and that's about it. Mm. Are you still, do, do you still do pop videos and all that? Do videos? Do you still like Sometimes. doing all of that stuff? I was, I was Sometimes, interested. but yeah. not, I, I, I direct videos, but mm. I'm not too keen on being in them now. I can't be bothered with it. I'm mm. not. I'm not interested. In it. Yeah, was, I'm not. Interested, I'm not yeah, even interested in film anymore. I used yeah. to love film, like Jacob's Ladder, big influence. Yeah. Not even interested in films. Like years ago, I, I directed a movie called Brian Punk, mm, yeah. which is a musical, yeah, yeah. really. And 
I was really keen on it. Now I don't care about directing. Not interested in movies. Do you watch stuff? No. Not do you much watch anymore. Netflix or do any of that? Sometimes, but I don't yeah. really watch it. I'm not. I'm really not interested in movies anymore. Yeah. Mm. Or any anything like uh, any any like documentaries I watch. Mm. But movies. Did you see Trump yesterday? He was saying. Um, like he was quoting someone calling him the king of Israel, king of the Jews, because he'd um, been really helpful and he was kind of quoting himself about it. it was quite weird. Uh, pe yeah, people are stupid. I, I did a, um, a gig here a couple of years ago. I did a show in Israel. And, um, did you? Yeah. yeah, and people were protesting the show. And what's mad is, like, I do interviews there. I actually go to Israel and do interviews saying I don't agree, right? and go on stage and do a song about my Palestine girl. And these people protested me. They won't go there and do interviews. I've seen rabbis protest against Israel government in Israel. Yeah, right? yeah I agree. So these guys, these yeah. people come there protesting me. Oh, you've been to Israel. It's like, yeah, I've been, in, I've been to Israel in very uncomfortable situations. Mm. A woman put the phone down on me because she said, why my Palestine girl? Why not my Jewish girl? And I said, because it's about a Palestine girl. Yeah. And she put the phone down on me. And like uh, a lot of negative press, mm. but I still went there and did shows. But and why you did go, you do that? Yeah, you go there and you talk about it, right? Yeah. If, it's like me yeah. fucking walking up in Annie's Cross with saying, I don't agree with the Palestine war. What the fuck's that doing? Yeah. I go there and I do interviews and yeah, I talk about. talk about it there. These people protest me. They're not doing anything here. It's not everybody in Israel who agrees with it. Yeah, no, I, I know I've, I've been yeah. there, so yeah. it's like, yeah. all right, if you, instead of standing outside my gig with mm. banners, go to Israel and do something there. Yeah. You ain't doing fuck all stood outside my yeah, gig. That's Actually, if you, like, I went, I've, I've gone there and done interviews, and I had the promoter saying, what do you think about, because it got some radio play over there. Mm. So, it's one of the few songs about Palestine, well, no songs about Palestine. Yeah. So we got some airplay there. Right. And yeah. I said to him, what, like, what do people think about it? He's like, you got balls to yeah. come here and do that. These protesters outside my gig, they ain't doing nothing mm. at all. They're yeah. doing nothing. Save up your money, mm. get on a plane and go to Israel mm. and protest outside the Israeli government. Yeah. I've done press saying mm. I don't agree with what's going on. Yeah. So, it's just people just, you know, they like to um, get on a bus and go to a gig in Hackney with weird fingers, but they're literally doing nothing. Yeah. Nothing, nothing at all. I'd go back to Israel again and do a show. I wouldn't start, they're doing nothing, nothing at all. But do you know how many Palestinian people have contacted me about Palestine girl and saying it's like made us feel good and like yeah, yeah. so I'm I'm actually doing something for the Palestinians sure, yeah. these people there Palestinian people don't know the fuck they are uh, I got in so much of so many arguments with the organizers over here because they are getting totally affected by the anti-semitic lobby that is just kind of trying to please them and push them so they kind of are so sensitive that they're gonna get called anti-semitic but they don't have any power I think they've just totally yeah. Totally misled and misguided, and they should be attacking, but they're not. They're just totally pussies, and they're just totally taking it. I really don't think it's worth it. But, yeah. Big business, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. 
So if you like that interview and you want to hear more, we're going to be uploading more and more onto here. I've got like drawers full of this, so there's some real corking stuff coming slowly through. Also up doing new stuff too, so yeah, that's kind of hopefully going to happen too. But yeah, that's Cold Lips. Find out more, support us, coldlips.co.uk. Find us online.